You're listening to the Grace Family Church Podcast. Notes for today's sermon are available by downloading the GFC Florida app. Oh, come on, come on, like you love them. All hail King Jesus. All hail King Jesus. All hail King. Listen, I'm not talking about the grocery store owner or somebody who bought you a gift. We're talking about Jesus. All hail King Jesus. Let's make some noise for Jesus. King Jesus. Woo. Is he good? Do we serve a good guy? Oh, we're going to talk about worship here in a moment. Can we pray? Gracious Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for its power. We thank you for its strength. We thank you, God, because your word is bigger than truth. Your word is where truth gets its confidence from. And we thank you for your word in your life and what you're going to do in us and through us today. We surrender. We submit to you. Have your will. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I don't know about you, but I'm excited because today we get to talk about worship. I'm excited to talk about this worship with this word that has so many different meanings. Worship. Worship. It is, worship is my passion. It is my life song. It's how I live. I move and I breathe. Worship. Just say it with me. Say, ooh, say it like you mean it. Say worship. Ooh, say it like I'm an old Baptist preacher and y'all are old Baptist church. Let me hear you say worship. I don't have a whole lot of time. We're going to jump right into the word. Are we ready? Mark 14, 14 chapter, it says this, while he was in Bethany, this is Jesus, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster box, alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why waste the perfume. It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Worship. My assignment today is to equip you with the expectation of worship. What do we do when we get here? What does that even mean, worship? Worship is a word that is familiar in Christian circles. It has even become a word that is synonymous with weekend services. But worship is so much more than a weekend service. Worship is more than a guitar being played or drums being played, more than a piano or a song being sung, even though that is a necessary and significant part of what we do. Worship is greater than that. Worship means the expression of reverence and adoration for a deity. And this part is my definition. To physically and intimately regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. Ultimately, worship is how we live. It's how we move. Everything you do is your worship. How you parent, how you go to work, what shows you watch, what music you listen to, how you operate in life, that is 
your worship. Worship is our life. And believe it or not, everybody worships something. Whether it's worshiping God or you worship your job, whether you worship your spouse or you worship your car, everybody worships something. Your worship is simply identified as what is the object of your affection? What gets your time? What do you spend your time thinking about? There's an old saying that says, if you want to know what's important to a person, look at their checkbook. What do they spend their money on? And then you can see what they worship. But while we have a few moments, I want to focus on why we do this. Why do we come here? Why do we get up, brush our teeth, get dressed, and come to church? What is the importance of this moment that we gather together? Let me start by telling you this. Worship is obedience. Say that with me. Obedience. obedience. Worship is obedience. In John 14 and 15, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll follow me. The operative word here is if. If, if you love me, you'll do what my word says. If you love me, you may not like everything it says. It may not be comfortable to you, but you'll do it. Why? Because you love me. If you love me, you'll let me lead. Not just when you feel like letting me lead, but you'll let me lead even when it's hard, even when you don't get it, even when you don't understand. Worship is obedience. Worship is also Sacrifice. Say sacrifice. Worship is sacrifice. In Romans 12 and 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies unto God a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. The ESV says spiritual worship. Reasonable. Reasonable service. This is, this is reasonable. It's reasonable that you would sacrifice yourself for the one who sacrificed himself for you. It's reasonable. It's reasonable that you would come and gather among people for, for a God who came down and put on human clothes and said, I'm going to take the penalty of your sin away. It's reasonable that you would say, I'm going to spend some time with him and I'm going to worship in his sanctuary. God's fundamental demand for our worship is that we offer ourselves to him as a living sacrifice. Note the striking phrase, living sacrifice. Ordinarily, that which is sacrificed is dead. It has lost any say in its destiny because there is no life left in it. But if you are a believer, if you've committed yourself to God, you are more alive now than you've ever been before. It is Jesus who said, I come to give you life and that you will have life more abundantly. The life will be better than it's ever been before. And by the Lord's irresistible grace, we have put ourselves in his hand to do what he sees fit and to give him our reasonable service. Reasonable. To offer my life is reasonable because worship is a sacrifice. Hear this woman in Mark 14. She comes to Jesus with this alabaster box filled with perfume. And she has to break open the box to get to what's inside. So the box is now destroyed and the perfume has been spilled over Jesus. 
The Bible says not only did she put all of this perfume over his body, but she also washed his feet with her tears. Sacrifice. And everybody who stood around watching her, they actually said, why would you break open your alabaster box, which is worth a year's wage for this one moment? Why would you sacrifice so much for what seems like only a single moment? She was willing to sacrifice everything she had without pride or prejudice, without concern of the eyes who were looking at her because she was in the presence of Jesus. They told her, you, you could have done something else. You, it doesn't take all that. How often have you been looking at someone in worship and you said, mm, it don't take all that. Why are they doing all that? It, does it really take all that? Scholars have concluded that this just wasn't some regular woman. This woman is Mary, the sister of Lazarus. Does it take all that? You tell me. This is the same woman who just recently saw her brother die. She called on Jesus, but he didn't come right away. So they, she watched her, son, her, her brother be buried, be wrapped up, put in the tomb, and the tomb was closed. And he was dead, the Bible says, for four days. Jesus shows up two days after. He's been dead for four days. Jesus eventually shows up. She is distraught. She is hurt. She actually asked Jesus, if you were here, this wouldn't have happened. Eventually, Jesus cries, and he calls out to Lazarus. And the tomb, he asked him to move the tomb. And this same woman watched her dead brother hop out of a tomb. Does it take all that? Yeah, it takes all that. And while you may have never seen a dead person rise, you were dead once. You were dead, and now you have risen because Jesus stood in front of your tomb, in front of your penalty, and said, come out. So does it take all that? Yeah, it takes all of that and then some. She sacrificed without worrying about who's looking at me. I don't care if you're looking at me. I don't care what you have to say, but I'm here to worship Jesus. I'm not here to make you feel good about my worship because he's just that good. Worship is obedience. Worship is sacrifice. And worship is fellowship. Say fellowship. In Acts 16, ooh, in Acts 16, let me set this up. No, let me just read it. <laughs> Acts 16, it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. Did we catch that? About midnight, Paul and Silas, they're in jail. And they were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. 
And when the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and he was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, do not harm yourself for we are all here. Worship is fellowship. It says around midnight, Paul and Silas were singing and praying to God. Here's the setup. Paul and Silas enter into this town and, and they do some miracles, but the, the town that they were in, the people didn't want them to do the miracles that they did, so they got thrown into prison. Before they were thrown into prison, the Bible says that they were ripped of their garments, meaning they were naked, and then they were beaten with rods. So here are two believers, here are two disciples, two missionaries out here just doing the work of the Lord, and some people don't like it so much that they ripped them of their clothes and then they beat them. And then they're thrown into jail. And you would think they'd be crying. You'd think they'd be saying, this is unjust. But the Bible says that they were praying and singing. They weren't moaning and complaining. They were praying and singing. They weren't gossiping and crying. They were praying and singing. They weren't Instagramming and TikToking. They were praying and singing. They're praying and singing in, in the worst situation of their life. They're praying and singing. And then it says, and there were others who heard them. Oh, worship is fellowship. They were praying and singing. And there were others who heard them. You can, you can worship with others. This, the reason that we do what we do here is for encouragement because you don't have to do it by your, let, let me say it this way. I can worship by myself. I can worship at home, in my room, by myself. As a matter of fact, before I got here, that's what I was doing. I showed up late because I was worshiping by myself. I don't need music. I don't need a song. I don't need a tempo, I don't need a drummer, I don't need a guitar player. All I need is my memory. All I need is to remember what God has done for me and then I can start worshiping. I don't need to be pumped, I don't need to be primed. All I need is my memory bank because I remember where I was. I know what God brought me out of. I know how he delivered me. I know how he set, for me, set me free and that sets my worship off. I don't know, I'm about to jump off this stage. I love to worship because I love being in the presence of God. Worship is fellowship. See, I can worship by myself. Oh, but when we get together. Oh, oh it says that while they were praying and singing to God, some others were listening. And they were watching. Why is this significant? Because even when you come in this room, some people are watching. Why, why are they lifting their hands like that? Why, why, are, they, why are they shouting like that? Why, why are they moving like that? Why, why are they opening their mouth? There are some other people that are listening. And here, here's what's crazy. Woo! Here's what's crazy. If you pay attention to the text, it's the other people got delivered because Paul and Silas were worshiping. Mm-mm, 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 not yet, not yet. <laughs> it says when Paul and Silas 
were praying and singing to God and the others were listening and watching, everybody's chains came off and the doors opened. Oh, this is why we do what we do because there's power in our worship. There's power in our collective worship. Someone can be set free on the road all the way at the end just because of what you're doing on your side. You can free somebody in the balcony, somebody in the back of the room because you're not afraid to give God praise even if things get bad. Even if things are rough, I'm still gonna open my mouth. Even when things are bad, I'm still gonna sing and praise God. I'm not gonna moan and complain. I'm going to sing and praise God. Why? Because he deserves it. Why? Because I know that in the middle of my praise and my worship, not only will I be set free, I can set some other people free. That's why I do what I do. That's, that's why we come here. Worship. Worship is fellowship. I think this is even why David says in Psalm 122, he says, I was glad when they said to me, let's go into the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said it. Not just when I went. I was glad when we talked about church. I was glad when somebody said, church, oh yes, I'm happy. Let's. I was glad then. I was glad when they said it. Why? Because in the house of the Lord, there's joy, there's freedom, there's peace, there's anointing, there's deliverance, there's breakthrough, there's healing when we come together. I was glad when they said, let's go into the house of the Lord. I reminded, I'm reminded of what he's done for me and it makes me want to throw up my hand. I'm reminded of what he's done for me and it makes me want to shout. I'm reminded of what he's done for me and it makes me want to dance. I'm reminded I'm not just a fan of Jesus. I'm a friend. We have something in common. Some of us, we don't even know each other. But unity is infectious. Have you ever been to a game or even watched the game on TV and when you got thousands of people rooting for the same team and Many of them don't know each other, but all of a sudden you'll hear them go, defense, 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 de and the whole crowd, defense. All it takes is one, one person to start it, then before you know it, it's bigger than a room, defense. And the whole idea of them yelling together and screaming and chanting the same thing together is because they expect that the energy that they have will go into their team and they will somehow win. Well, Welcome to church. When we walk into the room, I don't have to know you to worship with you. I don't have to know what you're going to for us to have unity because I can walk in the room and say, Jesus, 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 deliverer, healer, healer. And the more I talk, listen, you can't keep saying how good Jesus is without it affecting what you believe about him. And before you know it, somebody all the way across the room is going to be like, yes, that's me. I've been delivered. Why? Because we all are on one accord. We are not just fans. We are friends. Worship is obedience. It's sacrifice. It's fellowship. And worship leaves evidence. Hmm. Acts 16. And the jailer 
called for the lights and rushed in. And trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? This is why we come together. This is why we worship. This is why we get up, put on our clothes, drive across town. This is so we can hear someone say, what must I do to be saved? The guard had witnessed everything else that everybody else had witnessed. And when he saw the power of God move because they were willing to worship instead of wine, he said, what must I do to get what you got? What must I do to be saved? Because I thought I had it all together until I saw this. Worship leaves evidence. When you, when you are truly worshiping, you can't walk out the same way that you walked in. Because worship leaves evidence. It says, he says, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once. Say at once. He didn't wait. He didn't wait to the beach baptism. He didn't wait for the announcement. He's baptized me to death. I want to be baptized now because if it has anything to do with what you have, I want some of that right now. I don't want to wait till the next appointment. I don't want to wait till the next service. I want to be baptized now because worship leaves evidence. Years ago when we lived in Missouri, we were doing, my wife and I were doing this Bible study and this young lady, she comes to our Bible study and she ends up meeting the Lord and we say, hey, this is wonderful that you've met Jesus and we were talking to her about baptism and we said, hey, we're having a baptism service in the next few weeks. And she said, no, I want to be baptized now. My wife and I looked at each other and we were like, well, we don't really know what that means. Because <laughs> we ain't got no baptismal pool. And after a few moments, we said, well, we can baptize you in the bathtub. And she said, let's go. All I need is a puddle of water. And she got baptized in that moment because worship leaves evidence. This is why we come. This is why we do what we do. Worship is an entertainment. You don't come to church to watch the worship team. You come to join them. It's not entertainment while it may be entertaining. It's not what it's for. I don't stand up here and sing songs and lead worship because I want to be the star of the show. I do what I do because I want to help you engage and I want you to have a greater expectation when you walk through those doors. I don't want you to leave here the same. I'm not satisfied if I can't see that God has done something. But I've also never been disappointed because God is always moving in the middle of worship. This, this is why we come. This is why we do what we do. I love this. It says, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds and he, and he was baptized at once. He and his family. 
There was a guard that experienced the, the presence of God so much, he said, I can't keep this to myself. I got to go save my whole family. This, this is why we do what we do. So when you leave here, you're going, listen, I'm so filled with the Spirit, and I'm so excited about who Jesus is. I'm about to go save the whole neighborhood. My whole street about to get saved. I'm just going to be walking down the street with anointing oil, just you save, you save, you save. That's why we do what we do. As a couples pastor, I'm very familiar with the five love languages. I hope you know them. But I also know that Jesus has a love language, and that language is worship. He says so in John 4. He says, the Father is seeking those to worship him in spirit and in truth. He's looking for worshipers. He's looking for you and looking for me to worship her, to worship him. So in, our, in a few moments before we get out of here, we don't worship together. I know we started the service off with worship. We're going to end the service off with worship too. And we're going we to get a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. I see your faces. Stand with me. Psalms 149 and 3. It says, let them praise his name with the dance. Everybody say dance. dance. I know some of you are getting nervous. <laughs> Ebor, you're going to love this. <laughs> Praise him with the dance. I need everybody, everybody on every campus, take one step to your left. Ready? Go. And take one step to your right. We call that dancing. <laughs> That's it. The Bible doesn't say you got to dance on beat. It doesn't say you got to salsa, none of that. It simply says dance before the Lord. Psalm 47 says, says, come everyone, clap your hands. On the count of three, we're all going to clap one time. Ready? One, two, three. All right. Man, y'all pay attention. Lamentations 3 and 41, it says, let us lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven. On three, let's all lift up our hands. Ooh, I love it. I love it. Lift those hands high. Psalms 134 and 2 says, lift up their hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. So we're going we're gonna to continue worship here, and we're going to do all that we just went through. We're going to lift our hands. We're going to clap. We're going to dance. And I know already, I already know, some of you are going to say, well, that's not me. I don't do that. It's just not the way I worship. One of the things that you noticed about each one of those passages that I read, it did not say, if you feel like it. <laughs> These are not suggestions. They are commands, which is why I started with worship is obedience. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my Commandments. Y'all get it? And there may even be some of you saying, you know, I want to do it, but, you know, my heart's not in it. And I know God doesn't want my messed up worship and my heart's not really in it. Well, in 1989, my father had a triple heart bypass operation. <laughs> 
He's 34 years old. I was a little boy and I remember walking into the room only a day or so after he had had this surgery. And sitting in the chair, the nurse comes to my father and says, Mr. Bethany, we have to get you out of the bed and get you moving. He just had surgery. I could see the staples in his chest. And the nurse, she lifts him out of the bed and she lifts his arms. And she's like, okay, now move your legs. I said, we're gonna walk down the hallway. We're gonna get you moving. It's easy to say, well, my heart's not in it. Well, God is working on your heart, but he needs to see you moving. I still need you to, I need to, God is always gonna be working on your heart. He's always gonna be working on your issues. You're never going to be perfect and you're never going to get it all together. You're never gonna figure it all out because you are a bad figure-outerer. <laughs> but God is not asking you to figure it all out. He's saying, I just need you to move. Your heart will catch up if you just move. We'll get the blood flowing if I can get you to just move. So we're gonna, we're gonna jump back into this hymn really quick. I love hymns, I, I grew up on hymns, but we're gonna jump in, in and you can worship like you want. Lift them high, lift them low, you can get on your knees. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Yeah. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Come on. toward heaven, all the way in the back, all the way where you Thank you for listening to the Grace Family Church podcast. For more info, check out gfcflorida.com or connect with us by texting the word CONNECT to 81313. We look forward to meeting you at one of our locations soon.